The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Well, James Von Molka, thank you very much for joining this morning. So you've had an improvement in your revenue outlook. You've, you've scrapped the guidance and you're now just aiming for that upper end of 29 billion euros. What's driving that revision? Well, look, we've been more and more confident as the years gone gone by. Um, firstly, in the net interest income outlook, um, as you've seen with the rate environment and also let better than sort of modeled expectations on pass-throughs, our deposit books in the corporate bank and the private bank are performing extremely well. We think that's actually something that will persist for a little bit longer. Uh, but at the same time, you know, the businesses have been building momentum, even as the market environment's been a little bit unsettled. So we're, we're pleased with the progress so far this year, Danny. Mm, I mean, NIMS being able to stay as they are for longer, that, that'll surprise many. How much longer do you think net interest income can hold up, given some people have started to talk about the benefits of higher rates starting to wane? Well, look, I'd say on a long-term basis, the benefits of higher rates will be will be with us um, into sort of 25 and beyond. You know, this is, a, is not yet, I would say, a fully normalized rate environment for banks. What is viewed to be somewhat temporary is this, what we call deposit beta effect or the pass-through of interest rate increases to clients. Uh, and the industry has outperformed its expectations, uh, recognizing that we've come from a period of, of very low rates for a very long time. Um, now, that that may still persist for a time. It reflects, if you like, the competitive environment that we're in and the value that our clients see of the relationships and the services that banks are providing. Um, and, and for now, that's persisted. We think that that can persist for the balance of the year. Our deposit revenues um, were actually on an underlying basis in both deposit books essentially flat over the course of the you know, second to third quarter. So we're, we're pleased with the ongoing development there. So you've also had an additional 3 billion euros in capital release. That's more than expected, of course, by 2025. How much of that eventually gets returned to shareholders? Look, it's too early to say, but but just to go back to the point, at, at 13.9% CET1, common equity tier one, we've we've significantly outperformed our, our expectations on capital. And that puts us in a in a, a completely different place um, from where we have been for a while, building capital for regulatory inflation. Uh, now I think we can look to a, a capital distribution path with with a lot more confidence. As we're saying today, we think we can both accelerate and expand on that capital distribution path that we laid out to shareholders, which was $8 billion in respect of the years 21 to 25. Uh, we think there's, there's upside to that over time, but it's too early to say how much and how soon. Okay, fair enough on that, James. Um, you know, you also have 2% higher on additional costs, not, not that unusual for what we're seeing in this inflationary environment. You did already announce cuts earlier this year are more coming? Yes, more are coming. You know, we're, we're going to continue to work with discipline on the cost base. We've laid out to investors uh, a goal to run the company essentially flat for a considerable period of time. 
And what that means is that we're working sort of every day on cost reduction measures, which at the very least should offset the impact of inflation uh, and also allow us to invest in the businesses with our own resources and also complete the investments that we've talked about for the last couple of years in both technology and controls. So a lot going on underneath the surface, but we think we have mm. the tools, the discipline, and we're just continuing to roll out new measures, new initiatives to, to make sure we, we achieve the objectives we set up. Do, do you have a figure yet for those additional cost cuts? And, and do they also in, entail more job cuts as well? Well, so we've been working that what we initially announced was a two billion sort of gross reduction in in costs. We upped that to two and a half billion. So we're working to achieve that. Yes, it'll result in, in job reductions um, as we frankly find ways to drive efficiency based on some of the investments that we've made, whether it's in technology or once we've gotten to a level of maturity, uh, the effectiveness and the efficiency of our controls. We think we've got a, a, a path ahead of us um, for, for now several years of being able to harvest some of the improvements we've made in the company, the investments we've made over these past several years. FIC trading also down about 12 percent. But the current volatility in this bond market has, has been historic by a lot of measures, uh, many things driving that. How has that filtered through into your trading results this current quarter? Well, it's been, as we actually called for about a year ago, you know, 21 and 22 were remarkably strong years for fixed income and currencies. And in 22, in particular, the macro products, so FX rates and also emerging markets, which is really a form of, of both FX and rates together, um, that normalization is taking place. Uh, and we would expect it you know, to find a floor. There will be probably some volatility as the market now starts to speculate on, on, the, on the, the curve um, and the reduction in interest rates over time. We've seen the volatility on the way up. But what's also happening underneath the surface is, is this rotation that we've been expecting for a while into other parts of the, of the product base. Uh, and that's particularly credit, credit trading, and also the financing business inside our, our fixed income and currencies business has been doing very well. And so we, mm. would, we would expect to continue, continue to see some of that rotation. When you get a shock, though, like we had a geopolitical shock where there's concerns about oil prices spiking, does that increase activity or does it paralyze it? Does that push folks onto the sideline? Well, look, in, in the very near term, the shocks obviously produce some volatility. They, they produce some repositioning. But to your point, once that initial sort of impact is over, people tend to move to the sidelines until they can see a trend emerging, emerging or have some confidence about the, the way forward. And that's true both in the, in the sort of financial markets and it's true for corporate boardrooms. Um, so, so there will be some degree of, of, if you like, I won't say pause, there'll be some consideration given to the impact of, of the geopolitical uncertainties, as well as all the other things we've been dealing with, interest rates, inflation, supply chains. Mm. But one of the things that we're seeing is you know, the need to make decisions and move forward, whether that's investments in factories here in Germany, uh, whether that's, uh, you know, corporate takeovers, whether that's needing to refinance, um, you know, maturing debt, all of those things right. uh, at some point have their own pressure.
And and I mean, I understand the pressure right now, but you hear, for example, from, from Jane Frazier from City, Jamie Dimon uh, from J.P. Morgan yesterday at a conference in Saudi saying that with everything that's going on right now, especially over the past two weeks in the Middle East, it's hard not to be a pessimist right now. Are you a pessimist right now, James? You know, by nature, I'm an optimist. And um, so it's hard to, to look at things, you know, obviously seeing the, the, the images on television and and reading about the the events, whether in Ukraine or in the Middle East, um, is is really distressing. Um, you know, we find as a as a society, we find a way through these things. Um, and you have to remind yourself that there are underlying, uh, you know, the, the the headlines. There are also good things going on in the world, whether that's you know the advances that we see in technology, whether it's investments that are that are being made to to reset supply chains and and benefit from some of the technology and other other advances in the world you know those things are going on too um, and as i say ultimately some of the decisions that that corporates and investors need to make you know won't wait for for events they'll they'll need to move forward right what happens though if we get oil for example bloomberg economics estimates that it'll go to 150 dollars should there be an yeah. escalation what happens to that narrative of of just pushing through if we have this period again of, of energy crisis and energy shock look Danny that that's a that is a, a, a certainly a severe a possible severe downside scenario um, obviously we all hope that an escalation doesn't take place and that that escalation you know that 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 a scenario of much higher oil prices doesn't take place we recognize the world economy is in some ways fragile and 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 although it's with, withstood a number of the of the impacts and shocks over the last several years, you know, you never know whether whether one more shock um, sends us into a, a deeper recession. So we'll have to watch that carefully. But I have to say, if I look again at corporate activity, but also the quality of our credit books in this environment, um, as well as the, the, the economic outlook, they've all surprised to the outlook uh, to the outs upside relatively consistently over these past several months. Does that mean that the likelihood, as we end this rate hiking cycle, it's where you tend to get accidents, not when you're hiking, but on the way down. What does that mean for your estimate of the likelihood of an accident? Again, if what you're seeing is, is surprising strength in corporate balance sheets in the sector as a whole. You know, my, my own view is, has always been that there's a certainty of, of accidents uh, in an environment of rising rates, especially as rapid as it's been over the past, say, 18 months. Uh, I, you know, there there have been accidents out there, some some reactions, but my overall sense is that the the resilience we've shown in the financial industry, the financial markets, uh, as well as corporates and households, has been, uh, you know, unusually strong. I, I think it has to do with a lot of fit factors, like the strong labor market, that household and corporate balance sheets went into this this period strong. There's always the risk that at some point sort of the rope runs runs out. Um, but so far, what we've seen is is an adjustment, again, surprising. Will there be more accidents? Mm. I'm confident. But but at this point, uh, actually, again, surprise on the upside that it's been as contained as it has. So, so just final for me then, James, just to follow up on that point, when does the rope run out then? When do we get to that period where, where the accident certainty comes and is realized? Well, look, it's often time is the is the real, you know, is the real factor. You know, the the ability to reset, of course, corporate margins will be impacted by 
by higher financing costs. But when they go into an environment like this, relatively healthier, you know, they're able to absorb it, um, adjust, sometimes pass on those costs to end consumers. Um, so that the time given to adjust can often, uh, you know, make these things uh, not result in, in sharp corrections. There will, of course, be certain corporate, certain households that uh, that simply fall behind because their margin, you know, of error isn't there, um, and and the economy will need to work through how that, you know, how those resources are redeployed, how those households and right. corporates are picked back up. Um, but to date, we see that adjustment taking place, and that's that's very encouraging. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.